Welcome, everyone. My name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators of the Recovery Dharma practice in the Spokane Sangha. I am so happy to be here today. I'd like to set the intention for our practice with a sentiment of metta, loving kindness, and I've got a little bowl of all of these wonderful sentiments that I have made. And so let me, and Lo has made. So let me just pick this one. Here's a doodly one that I did. And this one reads, may all who fear fire find comfort. May all who fear fire find comfort. This was written um, last year in, when in this area we were having terrible wildfires and they were really threatening my farm. And I'm afraid of fire. I'm afraid of, of that. I have that fear. So obviously I think I wrote that for myself. But anybody in the world who's having to fear fire, um, may they find comfort. Alrighty, friends, I'm going to go ahead and, and close my eyes and I encourage you to do the same. Maybe find in your body a posture that feels gentle and receptive. For the month of January in the Spokane Sangha, we are going to explore the concept of mindfulness. Sati. In the Western mind, mindfulness has gained a lot of popularity and it has various levels of understanding from the superficial to an in-depth practice and everything in between. And I wanted to bring this topic forward because... Mindfulness practices have changed my life. They have governed my wise livelihood. They have governed everything that I do. And so I would like to bring into our awareness the roots of mindfulness, which lie in Buddhism. The Buddha had a wonderful discourse on mindfulness called the Satipatthana Sutra. And in this particular sutra, four key identifiers were established the four foundations of mindfulness. And this is what we're going to explore today. And may I say, you could spend this lifetime and many lifetimes studying this single sutra and not a moment of your life would be wasted. Nor would you exhaust the depth of understanding and wisdom to be gained from this sutra. It is a profound gift to humanity. Sati, or mindfulness, 
its four foundations begin with the body. The second foundation is feeling, sensations. And sometimes that bleeds into emotions and moods, which immediately connects us to the third foundation, which is mind and thought. And the fourth foundation of mindfulness is something called mental formations, mental perceptions, what I like to call stories. The narratives that erupt in my mind almost involuntarily, almost without consciousness. They're just there. And I can quickly, like a blink of an eye, attach myself to one of these stories. And before I know it, I'm spinning out on some judgment, some fiction, some figment of my imagination. The four foundations are somewhat linear before they become non-linear. And what I mean by that is we begin with the body as a simple and yet profound place to start. And once you have some stability in the body, then you can go into sensation and emotion and feeling. Then you can graduate to working with the mind. Then you can go with feeling a little bit more stable in your stories. Just jumping in to examining and exploring your mental formations without having any practice or training in anchoring the body can be a little difficult. And so we begin at the body as an anchor point, as a way to stabilize our entire being. The other thing about mindfulness that I'd like to bring forward is this trinity of observation and focus. I call it a trinity. It's really just three places of focus as a way of engaging and activating mindfulness. In my mind, this is the basis of the Tonglen practice. This is the basis of the Just Like Me practice. And I find it incredibly helpful as a way of channeling this mindfulness, this practice outward into the world for the benefit of all. When we practice mindfulness, we begin with ourselves. And many of us are habituated with first thinking of other people. To think of ourselves is selfish and self-centered. And that can be true and just not the whole truth. So to mature ourselves, we do have to cultivate a deep understanding of how we tick our triggers, our activations, what comes alive. So we begin with ourselves. And then we turn our gaze and our attention outward, externally to other people. And in doing so, we can see ourselves in other people. 
just like me, that person gets angry. Just like me, look at that person in their confusion. And then we turn that awareness back toward ourselves, just like me, in connection. And with the activation of Tonglen, that particular spirit, that particular energy, is the more I understand myself and the more I can calm myself and the more I understand my emotions and my thoughts and everything that causes confusion and anxiety, I can gain access to feeling into it more, to understanding it more so that others, when they encounter exactly what I'm encountering, May my practice be such that they experience less pain, less misery, less discomfort and confusion. It's a beautiful, beautiful practice of connection to others. In the spirit of recovery, Whenever we have a craving, friends, we can gently and with curiosity simply allow the craving to be there. Wow, I'm having a craving. Hello, craving. I wonder what you're all about. Let me breathe into your presence. Let me try to understand it just a little. And in doing so, let me remember that in this moment, millions of other people are experiencing cravings in all kinds of ways, for all kinds of reasons. May this momentary, momentary practice bring them ease, clarity, peace. And by doing so, miraculously, we bring ourselves ease, clarity, and peace. It's beautiful. And each and every one of you has that kind of power, um, that kind of munificence, And I'm so grateful to be able to practice with you. Today, for our sati practice, we begin in the body. And we begin with the first of six body practices at the level of the breath. That's it. We breathe. In the Buddhist tradition, the mindfulness of breath, anapanasati is what it's called, is simply breathing in, breathing out. That's it. Your natural organic breath. The entering at the nostrils, 
the exiting at the nostrils. Or if you prefer your attention to the belly, the rising of the belly on the inhalation, the softening and descent of the belly on the exhalation. Breathing in, breathing out. Let's take a moment of silence to practice this. I'd like to add a very gentle disclaimer and that is when you notice your mind wandering, allow a smile to come over your face first in recognizing that the mind has wandered. That's an extraordinary insight. And rather than entertain our aggressive thoughts like, oh, we're doing this wrong, what's the matter with me, why can't I keep my attention on the breath more than once, blah, 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 all the things we say, just smile. And very gently, just give yourself a good job, good job, I'm doing it, I'm breathing and breathe in and out. Let's enjoy breathing together and let's hold closely and warmly in the intention to breathe with mindfulness anyone who is struggling to catch their breath. Let's breathe ease for them.
friends. Wise mindfulness is one of the environments in which we dance along the Noble Eightfold Path. It is rich and textured. It is life-changing when we embrace it as a true life style. And when we can anchor ourselves so simply yet so profoundly in the breath, recognizing I have the capacity to struggle, I have the capacity for ease, and then we see outside of ourselves, oh, you have the capacity to struggle, you have the capacity for ease. And then we bring that back into ourselves again. We have the capacity for ease. We have the capacity for struggling. May my practice of breath be of service to anyone struggling. And may it bring more ease. Imagine if we could do that once a day, how much better our day might actually be. Otherwise, let's go ahead, friends, and end our practice today with a dedication of merit. I really appreciate how um, a couple of Sangha members were so able to recognize that their practice right now has to be self-focused. They um, don't want to or have already done plenty of externalizing, saving the world I heard today, Um, having sympathy for others I heard. And really all of that is noble and wonderful. Yet if we're unmoored, if we're unpracticed in ourselves, then our service to others is strained. And so we really, it's beautiful when we can prioritize ourselves in a healthy, beautiful way. It's also worth mentioning that there are times in our lives where service to other human beings is not where it's at but service to trees and gardens and animals and bees, that is where our service external to ourselves is best manifest. It's beautiful. The practice of mindfulness is to pay attention 
to where you can best serve yourself so that you can continue to aspire to be your best self. And then allow that to ripple into the world in whatever way it will, knowing that it is of benefit. Whether that benefit is subtle or spectacular is not relevant. It's that it is of benefit. Reflect on that. Bring it back to yourself and may it act as a motivator to continue this good work, to continue this practice, to allow this practice to come alive in you and may it change you for the good, to allow this practice to come alive in you and shift your whole life for the good. May the way we live May who we are becoming be a light in dark, haunted places. May your gentility soften sharp edges. And may your presence open eyes, minds, and hearts with the beauty of curiosity and wonder. Thank you for your immaculate presence and your beautiful practice. We'll see you next time. Namaste.